welcome on this Saturday morning to Green Thumb from Hair Nursery. Hello, I'm Dan DiOrio, along with Ethan Wise of Hair Nursery. Green Thumb heard every Saturday at 7 o'clock. And what's great is every time I go out to Hair Nursery, we meet more and more listeners. Oh, yeah. That's almost every time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, who, who Kelly was the one that helped you, one of our horticulturists there, yeah. uh, when you went last. And uh, so you're getting to be introduced to more and more of our expert staff there, too. By the way, uh, she made a list for me that I forgot at home. <laughs> Sorry, but you remembered a lot of it. And, and it was one of the things I talk about. It's mm-hmm. late season fall color. Right. Right. And stuff that blooms now through the end of fall. Right. And with uh, fall color, one of the things we also talk about is it's not always the leaves turning. It's things that bloom late into the season as well. Right. Um, And so that's, uh, I think we uh, have quite a, you know, we got several things to talk about as far as flowering things. And then maybe closer or or another show, we'll, of course, go over more fall color things. But flower, it's, it's not thought of. And, no. and so talking about the flower and, and, colors and, and is And if really you nice. have a pretty extensive uh, flower bed like I do, some mm-hmm. annuals, mostly perennials, yeah. you know, you get that big show in the spring and summer, and then it, towards the end you're green. like, eh, I need more color. Green I mean, you could fill in flower ant- stalks, yeah. Oh, by the way, if you do want to fill in with some fall color, you have holes. Uh, annuals are 25% off. Yeah, spring annuals, 25% off still. Um, and we have a fresh crop of summer annuals, too, that aren't on sale. That's because we've recently got them in or recently planted them, and they look really nice and full where some of our spring annuals, mm-hmm. if we're not pruning back petunias yeah. meticulously, then they can kind of get leggy in the pot. Right. Um, but they're still absolutely great performers. I bought some more to kind of refresh some of my um, annual pots this year. So I, I want to go over a couple of things uh, before we get to the fall colors. Uh, one, if you want to play along the home game, yes, the uh, I like this green thumb home game. Go on to the hair nursery website, h o e r r hairnursery dot com, mm-hmm. and you could play along at home and see what we're talking about. Yeah, last okay. week we talked about Stone Market, right? Um, and you can actually, when you go to our website, you can scroll um, as if you're going down to the bottom. You'll see these big giant links that says Plantopedia, Garden Center, mm-hmm. Stone market, uh, landscape services, etc., all kinds of stuff. And in Stone Market, now keep in mind it's not a catalog, but for the most part it is a as good of a representation of what we offer as we can actually, you know, keep up to date on. There's some things that you'll come in that aren't on the website, uh, and they're really cool. Like, we have some really interesting, unique boulders over yeah. there. Mm-hmm. The black ice that that you kind of fell in love with over there, Dan. Um, there's a green one called Fernwood Green, uh, which is that's really beautiful, dark, light green with splashes of dark green in it, and it's natural stone. Um, uh, there's, of course, the rounded cobblestones. There's hard edge cobblestones of varying colors. So all kinds of stuff over there. But you can get a, a really nice look of what we offer on our website, especially for Stone Market, because it can be kind of just like shopping for flowers at a place that's as large as Hair Nursery. Our Stone Market is very big as well. And if you're new to it, 
it can be intimidating if you don't know exactly what it is that you're looking for when you go there. So maybe get an idea on your on our website. Get some we have pictures of stuff so it can give you some ideas. Yeah. Um, and then also always feel free to ask our staff if you want to go a little more extravagant mm-hmm. in the stone market. Click on outdoor stone fireplace and kitchen kit. <laughs> I've always wanted those. Look fabulous, aren't they cool? Yeah, they're they're pricey, but. The joy that you're going to oh, get, outdoor the conversation piece. Oh my gosh! I mean, it's. It, it was... I always wanted like an outdoor pizza oven. Oh, can you imagine? All, yeah, you, a you stone would, outdoor. You'd be like trying to find excuses to have people over. Oh, exactly. And they're like, oh, it's Friday. Yeah, like bake bread outdoors. <laughs> right, exactly. The neighbors would show up. Uh huh. What's what's? Oh yeah. Okay, so uh, you can play along at home at Hair Nursery. Also. Um, I want to go over something that I experienced. I bought a couple of Coreopsis mm-hmm. and flocks. I put them in using, and by the way, you have a special design dirt. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes, we have the blended soil, which our owner, Nate Hare, um, created and, and worked with his his own self, his own concoction. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a 60% topsoil, 40% better earth organic compost. Uh, both our topsoil is locally sourced. It's our own topsoil top fields. Mm-hmm. Um, and the better earth compost, that's a local guy here who does his own organic composting. Uh, and then Nate's came up with his own concoction of mycorrhiza and beneficial bacteria and fungus, uh, microbial life, essentially, that he mixed into the soil. And now we have these awesome 40-pound bags of this mixed soil for 7 bucks. Yeah. Oh, no. It was well worth it. And so I put it into the ground, mm-hmm. and uh, the Coreopsis, their blooms just went off, and the and the phloxes and phloxing. And you said, no, no, it's... Transplant shock. Yeah. Um, so I deadhead him now and I'll come back. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because the foliage, the leaves still looked good. It was yeah. just they lost their flowers. Right. And that's something that plants will do when they get stressed or scared. Mm-hmm. Flowers are expensive. Flowers cost a lot of energy and time for a plant and for a flower to or for a plant to flower. Yeah. Well, it needs to be well established and feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so essentially you took it, you, you, you took it uh, out of its uh, out of its clothes and you ruffled it up and. Yeah. You stuck it in the ground, um, probably not so violently as I'm making these gestures with my hand here in the studio, but you you essentially, you're taking this plant out of this spot that it had in a very different location, and you take it out of its little house, and then you're ruffling up its roots, and you're putting it in a new environment with new soil, Uh um, and that can be very stressful. And And so that's why oftentimes in the spring, a lot of people buy it before it flowers, so it doesn't, the shock doesn't appear. Exactly. And it is something that I uh, and I, I obviously didn't talk to you about this, but it's something that uh, uh, on occasion will come up in conversation. And I'll warn people: Hey, when you get these plants home, yeah. don't be worried if you lose your flowers. That's the plant saying, "Hey, I can't afford to do this right now. Yeah. I got other things to focus on." What they're doing is they're they're stopping circulation of certain nutrients to those flowers so that they can focus on their roots. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a good thing. Uh, that means that your plants are are in the mindset of root production right now. Now. Something you said that uh, beginners may not do is when I took them out, I broke it apart a little bit. Yes. Yeah, don't just take a plant out of the pot and stick and it, put right, it in. right in the ground where it's still kind of cylindrical. Because what's going to happen is those that plastic container is not natural, so it forces roots to grow in a circle. Yeah. And when you just take that out of the container and you put it in the ground... Mm-hmm. 
all those roots are still just going to continue to grow in a circle and they're not going to spread outward. And eventually what that's going to do is it's going to create a weak plant because it's not getting, it's going to sap all the nutrients in that one area and not create roots to go get more nutrients. And it's going to eventually get girdled roots. Those roots are going to get bigger, more mature, and they're going to start girdled girdled roots. Wow. Yeah. It's a bluegrass band. Yeah. Yeah. Girdled roots. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, they don't uh, even wear shoes. (laughs) But the, the the girdled roots is just that uh, the roots are going to end up getting bigger, more mature, and they start strangling each other. Okay. Um, which then eventually kills the plant. You know, possibly yeah. a year later, could be five years later. Yeah. So always break up that root ball. Okay. That that's just something for the beginners to know. Uh, so uh, let's go to um, late season color. Yes. And uh, one of my favorites that I saw. And I would have to put up signs around my yard, basically threatening deer, that this is not going to be good if you eat these, is the Asiatic lily. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Uh, the, the Asiatic lily, the, the one in particular that I think you fell in love with was called Stargazer. Oh, my gosh. It's Giant, huge... what, six-inch flowers, yes. white and pink with, like, a yellow center. Mm-hmm. Um, just absolutely stunning, and it smells good, too. And it's a perennial. And it is a perennial, but you're absolutely right. Those critters could go after it oh my gosh yeah the the deer will munch the flowers off and yeah. young plants the where you'd have to worry about with rabbits is when the plant's starting to emerge in spring yeah. um that's when the rabbits are going to start to to nod off now once the plant gets big and tall and is three feet and with thicker stems the rabbits probably aren't going to go after it and bother it mm-hmm. so i definitely say if you have rabbits protect them in early spring while they're emerging mm-hmm. and if you have deer like you said uh yeah. this is I, I don't know. You can bang sticks at them, or yeah, I don't know. Just put up a sign that says "You'll sleep with the fishes." Exactly. Yeah. Is, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I thought about how beautiful that was, and I was thinking to myself, um, can I put that in a pot and maybe overwinter it? The Asiatic lily. Um, yes. Now, okay. There's there. This is a this that's a stumper. Okay, so yes and no, uh, and my yes part of that answer is as long as you don't bring it inside, I think you have a better chance of getting that to maintain. That lily still needs to go through a cold dormancy. Oh, okay. okay. It's not like an annual bulb like a dahlia or a canna that can't handle the cold. The right. lily bulb still needs it. However, the catch is you don't want to leave your container outside unless it's a very large you know a a two feet to three foot wide container with a thick that's a thick container like a concrete or or um a clay container not a plastic one and it needs to be kind of like in the center because it's if it's too cold then it is going to die. So, so the ground would be much better. Exactly. So if you were going to overwinter it in a container, I'd recommend putting that container in your garage mm-hmm. so that it can still get kind of cold, but not so cold that it's uh, icing up. Yeah. But it's a beautiful, beautiful mm-hmm. flower. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And uh, I got to say my own lily story. I waited um, 
I have I have big yellow lilies. I have black ones and yellow ones. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the black ones bloomed. My goal was to have the black and the yellow ones blooming at the same time. Mm-hmm. I guess it's more of a deep purple because I just thought, oh, that'll be stunning. But unfortunately, the the dark purple ones bloomed uh, about two weeks before the yellow ones bloomed. So it didn't quite work out the way I was expecting it to. However, I waited for three weeks for my yellow lilies to flower mm-hmm. and for three weeks these big giant flower buds and then finally they open and we have that torrential downpour for several days and i lost most of my flower petals oh. <laughs> i was so bummed now if you want um if you're on the hair nursery website and yes you're, and you're you're playing the home version of green thumb uh if you want you could go scroll down to where it says plantopedia mm-hmm and type in the word Asiatic um, lily, lily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you'll see what we're talking about. Exactly. So I'm going to do that right now, and I'm going to type in aster because it's another one. Nice blues and purples, right. late season color. Yes. Um, so I'm looking at some of these. I don't know which ones you actually have uh, there, but I, I saw, I think it was the Woods Blue Aster. Because it was that a sounds deep about blue. Right. Yes, it was a blue that you don't normally see, mm-hmm. and I also like the purple one, which is uh, I think the purple dome or something along those lines. But you, there was a blue and a purple that I really, really loved. Oh my gosh! And so tell me about asters. So with asters, what's what's so nice about them is that they're relatively hardy in our zone. There are some perennials that you know you might have to struggle with their first year or two mm-hmm. before they really get established. Um, you know, I feel that way about blanket flower, which I love blanket flower. But what I will warn people guys is like, hey, it's your first year that you might end up having a little bit of troubles with protected its first winter. But with aster, very little protection needed. Um, there are some varieties that are native. Um, but yes, it's a wonderful, wonderful plant, especially for that later season color. Uh, a lot of times it doesn't tend to pop up until late summer and it blooms well into fall. It likes the cooler temps uh, and nice pops of color and super pollinator friendly. As far as I know, really no critters are going to go after it heavily, though. Mm -hmm. And it kind of mounds. It's a beautiful color. There's a lot of flowers to it. Yes. Um, And uh, the there. So the woods blue, I believe, is definitely one that we carry. And. I believe we have a purple one uh, similar to, if you're on our website, uh, Honey Song is another variety of aster that I believe we carry. That's a purple aster. Too. Yes. Yeah. Different variety, um, stays small and compact, usually under a foot. Yeah. 10 inches, about by 10 inches. Mm-hmm. Full sun. Now that full sun, uh, if I'm looking at the woods blue, it's partial shade to full sun so these do need some sun correct yes they can handle part shade um i would say a minimum five hours of sunlight to really make them happy too much shade and i'd start to worry about disease Mm -hmm. all right um the next one if i can spell this is heliopsis which is what heliopsis is a false sunflower h Um, e l i is it o o p s i s p this is for people playing at home. Yes. P-S-I-S. Wait, I, gotta, I put an F in there. It's not Heliopsis. It's Heliopsis. And now I'll search for that. Let's see if I get it. 
Yes, so it's basically a sunflower or in the sunflower family. Yes, exactly. Um, And this particular variety is going to be a perennial. Mm -hmm. So it's not going to be an annual like your typical sunflower. Mm -hmm. But you and you're not going to get as big of flowers as your typical annual sunflower either. Um, so you get smaller flowers, more similar to a black-eyed Susan flower or size of flower. Or a daisy. Yeah, or a daisy. You have yeah. essentially like a yellow daisy. Yeah. Um, but uh, also very hardy. And I love them because they there's some varieties of Heliopsis that can get upwards of three plus feet tall. Mm-hmm. And then there's other Heliopsis that stay small and would stay under two feet. So you can really, if yellow is your color, you can find a Heliopsis that'll match the size that you're looking for. Now, what's very interesting, the very first one is the uh, A-S-A-A-H-I, the uh, shy sunflower, which has a different sunflower to it. It's, it's not your uh, daisy petal. It looks kind of like a marigold, yeah, right, or, or that type of coreopsis um, mm-hmm. that that uh, we we talked about um, that also kind of has a marigold head to it. Yeah, this one, uh, I'll be honest, I I don't recognize that one. I'm not sure if we yeah. if we have had the uh, Asahi. Mm-hmm. Um, I would imagine is how to pronounce that particular variety of sunflower. I I don't have any information to give on yeah, that isn't one. Yeah, that, it's interesting. It now, is. The Plantopedia, if you go to it. Doesn't mean that hair carries each and every one of it. But Correct. You do get a great idea if you want to look up with some flowers. You you get a great idea. Mm-hmm. I do like, and I don't have it because I have a flip phone. The app where you can click on a flower, take a picture, and, and identify it. Yeah. Yes. I really like that. I've experimented with some of those apps to uh, to figure out which ones work well. I've deleted some that if I took a picture of a juice box, it would tell me it was a marigold or something like yeah. that. And I was like, I don't think this app works. <laughs> Uh, also, we're, we've been doing this lately. We're playing the home version of the Green Thumb mm-hmm. game where you go on the website, hairnursery.com, and uh, you can play along. So yeah. when, when we're talking about it, in fact, I am doing it. As, I, I am doing it, too. I have my as pick. we go and talk about these flowers, we, we're both typing it in and then getting the pictures of the flowers. And we want to remind people that just because... Um, if you go to the Plantopedia, which mm-hmm. is on your website, yep. find Plantopedia, if you see pictures, you may not carry all of them, but Correct. you get a good uh, understanding of what the flower looks like. Right, or at least you find something. And what's so great about going to Hair Nursery is even if you, you know, there's these pages that you, when you find a plant that you like on our Plantopedia, yeah. there's a printer-friendly version of it. You can print that out and bring it in. Yeah. And worst case scenario, we might not have that exact same one, mm-hmm. but we can show you something that's extremely comparable. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like, oh, we don't have that one, but... I have these two plants that I can show you, yeah. and so we can at least They're point They're very you. similar. Yes. In fact, if you like the color or the shape of the flower, we can, yeah. Exactly. Those. All right, what's the next one? It's cle- cle- So, Clethra. Okay. Um, and Clethra, I... Spell it. C-L-E-T-H-R-A. Um, for Clethra. And uh, Clethra is a, is a later season blooming plant, but it's not, it's not going to necessarily last until fall. But... It blooms later. So it tends to flower in the July to August period or so. So still a late season flower. You know, by now your hydrangeas will have started to flower. Your roses have been flowering. Um, And it is a shrub. So Clethra is going to be minimum three feet tall and wide. But there are some varieties. I think Ruby Ruby Slippers is one that can get bigger um, and has a pink flower to it. Mm -hmm. But uh, Clethra is... Is so nice. It's very fragrant. It's got a sugary smell to it. And I it. like what I like about it. It's um, 
It's a unique flower shape. It's kind of a, a cone, or how yeah, you it's a, a spike. Or a technically, spike, it right. blooms on a to get a to get horticulturally nerdy here on a raceme. So mm-hmm. raceme is that spike that comes up yeah. that then produces little flowers um, up up and down that. And I can automatically because I've seen uh, things that are spikes like this. Mm-hmm. That uh, butterflies love it. Oh my gosh! When I was showing these, I was talking to a lady um, this week, and we were talking about she wanted something low. She wanted something to fit under her windows that weren't going to get bigger than four feet. She didn't want to prune them, mm-hmm. and she wanted to keep them below her big bay window in her living room. Yeah. And so we looked at uh, this plant, and she fell in love with it because it was different. Yeah. She came in expecting to get like a hydrangea, right. um, or a spirea, yeah. which are a little bit more common plants. And I said, those aren't bad. Those are good plants. I said, but you're at Hair Nursery, so let me show you something else. And I walked her by the the clethra, or sometimes called Summer Sweet, and she immediately fell in love with them. And because the butterflies and the oh. honeybees were were on them, and she said, "Do they always do this when they're flowering?" And I said, "Yes." Yeah. Uh, oh. And she said, "Well, this is perfect. I love this." And she ended up getting three of them. And what I like too is that it, under her bay window, these spikes will just kind of pop up. Yes. So you can see the color and mm-hmm. see the butterflies. Oh yeah. Now, uh, we did a show, vase-friendly flowers. Would this be a vase-friendly flower? You know, it would. I think it could work. It's, yeah. It doesn't grow on like big, tall, long stems. Yeah. And on each one of those stems are lots of leaves. Yeah. But they're sturdy stems. So I think as long as you clipped a flower and then you just plucked off some of those leaves because yeah. you've put too many leaves in the vase, it's going to mold. So uh, I was... Uh, well, this is great. We were talking about vases. We'll get off subject. Sidebar is what we call this. Yes. But... Prince Charles was talking, and he was talking about how industrial farming is kind of ruining the small farm, America, and all this and that. And as he's sitting there, a couple of vases on his desk were hydrangeas. Really? Okay. Purple, blue, white. Yeah. But just and the little vases, yeah, which just, I love to do at home. Oh, they look beautiful. My yeah. mom actually came in to the store and she brought me some of her because she was showing pictures of her garden. She bought, a, you know, her whole front garden is yeah. her nursery stuff. Yeah. And two of the plants that she that she planted were uh, it's. Uh, oh, my gosh. Raspberry splash mm-hmm. hydrangea. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful oh. with this like deep, dark purpley pink flower yeah. with this purple center to each one of those little flowers yeah and she showed me this picture and i was like those hydrangeas look amazing and then a week later she came in and she brought me some cut flowers and i oh. had them at my desk for a couple of days in, a, in my mug of water and i was like i won't drink coffee i'm just going to look at my flowers yeah um but yeah it's they make beautiful cut flowers and they last for several days right and if they're the blue or pink ones and yeah. they dry they also still look really cool yeah i like them i mean i had it all winter I mean, it mm-hmm. didn't. The, the the petals didn't fall off, and yeah. I just so they were dried hydrangea. That looks just as good. You can you can buy uh, a, a type of um, a spackle spray or whatever. Not spackle, but. Um, a preservative spray at like a craft store mm-hmm. and you can get them to even last longer after they completely dry out hit them with that spray and keep them in a vase and yeah you'll have color all winter so if you want a a flowering shrub that's mm-hmm. different clethra clethra c-l-e-t-h-r-a go on to the plantopedia on the hair uh, nursery website and look at that i really like because i like that spike shape mm-hmm. and like i said i can't stress enough it smells so good mm-hmm Okay, so um, let's see. The next one is uh, Phlox. Yes, which uh, you have. P-H-L-O-X. Now, what I like about Phlox is the different varieties of size and color. You can get ones that stay super small. Mm-hmm. Um, like under 18 inches, and then you can get ones that go all the way up to like three plus feet. Yeah. And 
so many colors. There's coral. Oh, the cl- I'm looking at number five. The coral uh, flame. Playing at home. The coral flame garden flocks. That's beautiful. And orange. So there's, so there's orange and coral, and the, you know the big difference being coral is going to have more pink um, notes to it. Mm-hmm. But orange flocks, if you have an opportunity, it's not as common. Mm-hmm. But if you see an orange flocks blooming, first off, I I'm kind of biased towards orange flowers anyway. Mm-hmm. I I just love the way that they look. But flocks having such a big flower head. Almost kind of a hydrangea-sized flower head on some of them. Mm-hmm. It stands out so wonderfully. But yeah, every that's shade what the coral pink. flame looks like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, and every shade of pink, every shade of light purple. Um, there's so many uh, different flocks to choose from. My only um, uh, warning: that no plant is perfect. Um, so uh, always go into that knowing that you know you're never going to get that perfect plant that's always going to be completely disease-free, completely pest-free, uh, and completely weatherproof. Yeah. Um, but Flocks can develop um, a, a fungus, but that's usually if they are planted in way too close of proximity. So if you have a bunch so of So they them, need a little air. Yes. Yeah, so that's what I recommend is you space them out a little bit, and that usually helps fend off any potential fungus. But if you had a whole bunch of them jam-packed together, and it's on maybe the uh, the east side of your house that doesn't get as much wind. Yeah. Might, you might yeah. be running into a fungal okay. issue. Right. So you just want to break them up a little bit. There's no such thing as a perfect flower. It's, Never. It's like I, I just saw on somebody's door in the office, on the door handle, a little sign that said, I can't please everyone. I'm not bacon. <laughs> oh, man, I'm hungry. <laughs> All right. So, Phlox, uh, on to the next one. This we is... The, the Rude Becky or Black Eyed Susan? So just I just type in black eyed Susan. Yeah, right? yeah, that'd be the 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 better one. There is a uh, black eyed Susan. Black uh, wonderful eye. yellow flower as well. Mm-hmm. Let me get to that. If you're playing at home, you can. I'm a slow typer, so you'll have time to catch up. Yeah, black eyed Susan. Wow, there's a, a variety of of, of different co- colors, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm surprised. So if you go on our website and you I, see that, you're going to see some black-eyed daylilies. Um, yeah. d- d- those are not at all related to the black-eyed Susan that we are talking about, mm-hmm. um, but they're called that way because they have the brown or darker center to them, which is why they got that, that color, kind of stealing it from the black-eyed Susan. Okay, I'm looking to find where, because uh, now I, as I scroll down, I'm into cone flowers. Is it basically similar to that? Um, it's it's a little a little bit different mm-hmm. um, than that. So the cone flower, the Denver, so they're showing you plants that are going to be similar. Mm-hmm. So it looks like the cone flowers that we're listing mm-hmm. have that darker center um, flower petal, mm-hmm. uh, hence giving you a similar look to the Black Eyed Susan. So as far as what we specifically have in there, you want to look for the botanical name called Rudbeckia. Um, so R-U-D, How do you spell that? So R-U-D-B-E-C-K-I-A. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like Rudd and then Beckia. Um, and those are what you really qu- want to That's take a look at. That's probably what you want to type in. And right. Goldsturm is one of my favorite varieties of, of Rudbeckia or Black-Eyed Susan. And we do have that one listed number six on our list uh, of, uh, of uh, Black-Eyed Susan. So number six on there, the mm-hmm. Goldsturm. And what I love about it is it doesn't overstay uh, or it doesn't 
it doesn't it doesn't get so big um, meaning that it's going to stay under two feet and that's what I like about many of my perennials I tend to if I want something that picks bigger than three or four feet mm-hmm. I want a shrub with sturdier stems my only problem with some perennials true perennials that die back to the ground when they get bigger than two feet they have a tendency to start bending or falling over mm-hmm. so un- it looks that, sloppy yeah that two feet that's and why under I is don't what I like, like peonies they can, yeah. They just look sloppy. Especially I like, after it rains, they yeah. all fall down. Yeah, um, it, it can, it, yeah, it can make a mess. So Goldsturm is a really nice, mm-hmm. strong, hardy. I think it's hardy up to like zone three or mm-hmm. something. So if it can take a Michigan winter, it can handle our winters. Yeah. Uh, it's just a good performer. And then finally, and a lot of people know these, and I always forget about them. Um, I don't even know if you have them in yet, mums. Mums, we're growing them now. Okay. Um, so uh, we don't have them available yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's a chance they won't be available until mid-August or so, mm-hmm. but we've started our own growings right now, our little plugs, and we have an igloo variety of mums, mm-hmm. um, which is a slightly hardier variety, but when it, just f- for the average person going into mums, know that more often than not, you are buying them as an annual. Mm-hmm. So Sometimes pl- they're biennial or biannual, right? Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes they can they can last long. The catch is you have to buy them usually in spring and get them planted. The second catch is they're very rarely available to you in spring. Spring, right? Um, and uh, there is a bit of a of a of a of a marketing gimmick that goes on there, but we have to play along with that as well. They're not available to us to buy mm-hmm. sometimes until later into the season, mm-hmm. and then which means we don't have them available to grow and or sell to the customer until later into the season. Mm-hmm. But if you have it in a protected area, you do have a chance of getting that mum that you purchase in fall to overwinter. Yeah. So um, that's the home game. Yep. Uh, I'm glad you're playing along at home, but that's fun to actually see uh, on the uh, uh, Hair Nursery website. The Plantopedia is what you click on. So we'll keep doing this as we, we yep. go on. What I want to do, because we got uh, ooh, a little less than five minutes, uh, what is going on in the garden? Uh, rot is happening because of uh, on your tomatoes. All this rain. What does it affect most? Is it tomatoes? So, so with the with the tomatoes, what I was noticing the calcium end rot is a nutrient deficiency, mm-hmm. um, and it's very common with tomatoes. And many people might be noticing them now as their tomatoes are starting to fruit. Mm-hmm. And what it is is it's it's a deficiency that causes the end to start to rot and decompose. So by the time you pluck, you you walk and you see from a distance this big red tomato, and you're like, yay, I have something to pluck off the plant. Then you look at it, and the whole bottom of it is this mushy, black, brown rot. Um, And about half of my tomatoes had that for my first round of picking, and I realized I need to add fertilizer. Um, And so I had to, I took advantage of all the rain that we had because that's going to activate the fertilizer. And I bought a specific plant or a fertilizer called uh, Tomato Tone, which is by uh, Espoma, similar to Holly Tone. Um, Holly Tone is a very popular fertilizer, been around for a long time. Well, Holly Tone has a bunch of, uh, you know, tentacles off onto different specific varieties of fertilizer. This one's called Tomato Tone, has calcium in it. And I, I added that in. And so hopefully that makes a difference. But as far as all the rain, that can bring rot. That can that's perfect environment for fungal infections. Yeah. I have powdery mildew on my squash right now um, mm-hmm. that I've um 
How do you treat that? So what I did, because uh, I didn't have any organic fungicide, uh, like the copper fungicide, um, which would have been a great one to use, but I didn't have any. Mm -hmm. So I ended up removing the leaves that had it the worst. Um, and I just cut them off, clean pruners. You, you want to wipe your pruners off in between snips. Whenever you are pruning anything that's diseased, clean your pruners in between cuts really okay. because if you don't all you're doing is spreading that fungus or that disease all over the plant now i had a plant you know it was uh, my bee balm and mm -hmm. I, you gave me a spray yeah so if I see leaves that are still discolored, should I get those off right away? Um, if the if you sprayed it, yeah, probably not. Especially okay. with powdery mildew, that's the nice thing. Powdery mildew can kill a plant, yeah. but it's also pretty easy to get rid of snip and to it kill. Off. Yeah, so you can snip them off if you want to. Now if they're already brown, yeah, I would go ahead and get rid of those and remove them so that they don't act as a as essentially um uh. A harboring station for more fungus yeah. sitting there on the plants. You know, it's very interesting. A couple of tips you had: clean between each snip. Mm -hmm. Wow. So what yeah. I what I'll do um, is the easiest thing to do is to just have like a paper towel outside in your yeah. garden um, or a little towel, mm -hmm. and to have dipped that into alcohol, rubbing mm -hmm. alcohol, and have it kind of soaked or at least the end that you want to wipe your blades off with mm -hmm. in rubbing alcohol, and I'll rub especially if I'm not getting the blade super dirty and it's just plant juice that's on there, yeah. I'll just wipe it off on that just and then make my other cuts. Yeah. But if you're doing a lot, you might want to just have like a bucket and have it maybe like even a, a low percentage bleach solution, like um, a, a five or less percent bleach to water ratio um, and just dunk it in there and then make your cuts or hydrogen peroxide works really well too. Um, and you can just have you'll spread it all yeah, over the place. 50, 50 hydrogen peroxide yeah. water mixture, mm -hmm. dunk your pruners in there, make your other cut. Yeah. Um, another thing too is another tip I heard is that, um, especially now with all the rain, if you have mulch, you may want to pull the mulch six inches away from the true stem, right? It's because it maintains so much moisture. Right. Um, it can, it can also be another kind of harboring spot for fungal, mm -hmm. uh, infections, um, or even pests or insects, you know, especially if it's mounded too high, they can make a home out of that. Yeah. And with all this rain. We always talk about it's always better, even with your perennials, your 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 tomatoes, green peppers, to always water down at the bottom. Yes. With all this rain coming from high, you've got to watch. Is there a lot of fungus out there among perennials right now? There can, Yeah, I would say right now powdery mildew is probably the biggest one and, right and, now. And then uh, the fungus I had, what did you give me the spray on it? That was copper fungicide. So that copper was. fungicidal soap um, mm -hmm. was an organic version, mm -hmm. uh, but it's also extremely effective. But really the nice thing, and any over-the-counter fungicide for the most part is mm -hmm. going to treat powdery mildew. Okay. All right. So uh, hours again. So our hours are eight to six Monday through Saturday, and mm -hmm. Hardy Bucks have started. Yeah. So Hardy Bucks started on the fifteenth, and they will go through August fifteenth. So come in, bring your Hardy Bucks in, bring in your old Hardy Bucks. They never expire, and uh, and you're good to go. All right. We'll see you next Saturday at seven o'clock for Ethan Wise. I'm Dan Diorio. Thanks for listening to Green Thumb from Hair Nursery.